welcome to episode 100 of Crack the Customer Code. Can you believe it, Adam? Woo-hoo! <laughs> I would be more excited, but I'm just thinking of how loud you yelled, and I'm going to have to tweak it on the audio now. <laughs> I'm Jeannie Walters, and for the 100th time, I'm happy to introduce my co-host, Adam Toporek. I can't believe we're in triple digits. It's amazing. I, you know, I go back to that moment, that, that little <laughs> moment in the bar when you said, hey, Adam, want to start a podcast? It was really a moment of truth for you, wasn't it? <laughs> a moment of truth. <laughs> On our customer journey together, <laughs> we would have to mark that as a serious moment of truth. Was it because... a moment of untruth for you? Oh, it'll be easy. <laughs> <laughs> It was a moment of uh, inspiration, it I would was. say, for me. I agree. It was, it was <laughs> inspirational. It's been really fun. So we are here at 100. And I got to tell you, we struggled with what to do with 100 because we couldn't do what we did with 50, which is, you know, 100 points because we'd be here till next week. Uh, <laughs> we tried things that rhyme with 100, and that was like yeah, that 100 and punch. That didn't do it. No. So no. here is what we have figured out. We are going to talk about what customer service was like 100 years ago. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it is crazy. How do we even know? <laughs> I mean, you and I, we're not millennials, but we're not quite that old. Let's Je just point that out. We were not there in 1916. Jeannie, let me just say one thing to you. Let me Google that for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. We can figure anything out thanks to Google. <laughs> so, Jeannie, what was it like back in the early days when you were uh, starting out your customer service career in 1916? Oh, man. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but there is something about like looking at a century and trying to figure out what are the common themes that still exist today in customer experience and customer service, what's changed or, or what hasn't. And I think we were able to find some things that made us both happy that didn't change and made us both cringe <laughs> uh, that some things have not changed and luckily some things have and we got some of this information through advertisements so we'll put those in the show notes because some of them are really fun to look at we'll keep it pg <laughs> well yes because one of the things that was very shocking you know we think of okay we're you know there's dirty stuff on tv now and the old days were very sort of puritanical and buttoned up and in some ways they were, but there was some seriously not safe for work uh, stuff we found uh, looking for these ads. It was very interesting. Well, and usually the the not safe for work stuff was just so beyond the pale as far as insulting groups of people, especially women, by the way. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty it was pretty crazy. And if I mean, they would be in court today if they had released some of those ads. Well, speaking of court, so one of the cool things uh, that we found, and not really so cool because actually still goes on, it's just very, very uh, camouflaged nowadays, and that is unsubstantiated medical claims or any kind of claims, you know. That's right. The old Charles Atlas ads in the back of the comic <laughs> books. But I think there was uh, cocaine toothache drops. Yes. Isn't that nice? So I don't, but here's the thing. I don't know that that's unsubstantiated. Well, that's true. It probably did work. It probably worked. It probably like made you forget about the pain and then go like paint your house or something, <laughs> you know, like something crazy. But I think it's interesting to think about from a customer experience perspective, because we always talk about brand promise and how that's where 
that's where the expectations are set for the experience. And one of the things that we found when we were looking at some of these things, yeah, the cocaine toothache drops were one of my favorites, but then all sorts of cigarette ads with doctors endorsing them, (laughs) (laughs) with uh, doctors even saying like, you know, this, this will help you more than the other cigarette, almost as if it's a helpful thing. The athletes who love to smoke. Uh, so it's like, when does science catch up with advertising? That's what it made me think. Even today, there are things we put out there into the world in a brand promise or in advertising because we think it's valid and true in the moment. But a hundred years from now, they, you know, some goofy podcaster might be making fun of us because of what we said. (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting. One of the things I took away from doing the research and looking online was that every bit of branding, you know, there's a lot of science to it and there was pseudoscience to it even back then, but it's all a reflection of their, of the age. Mm -hmm. I mean, no matter what, somebody's going to look back at us in a hundred years and go, Oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> wow, that's a 45-minute disclaimer for a 20-second commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if you really need that much, just don't sell the product. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it, it that's a really, really good point because if you look at some of the advertising that we found and some of the discussions that we found from 100 years ago or not quite 100 years ago in some cases, but it's not necessarily wrong It's just that it wouldn't be acceptable today. And one example, and this was later than 1916, this was much later, but still, it was a a vintage ad that we found, that 7-Up, the the soda, is good for babies. (laughs) So add add it to their milk, is what it said. And part of what they were saying was that at the time, you did not have to list all your ingredients if you were a soda pop. You did not have to list anything on the back. And they were proud enough to do that because they use real ingredients. So they were basically saying, hey, this is good enough to feed your baby and you can look at the back and see what it is. So in some ways, (laughs) that's a very valid claim. And that is something that was a differentiator. However, because they didn't have cocaine in it, like (laughs) (laughs) Coca-Cola. However, we would not I hope, as a society, <laughs> endorse the idea of giving soda to babies. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just me and my Midwestern sensibility, <laughs> but I hope so. Oh, you know, it's interesting because I think it's all a train. How history has progressed with these different products and different companies. We'll get back to customer service in a minute, but how history has progressed is it's all what has been vilified in the past. Because I would probably contend, I come a little bit from natural health, not totally. I certainly believe in regular uh, conventional medicine. Um, But there's probably stuff that we're feeding babies now that people are going to say is not much better than 7-Up. It's full of sugar. It's full of chemicals. It's bottled in a plant like a Ford. Mm -hmm. And, you Mm -hmm. know, so uh, interestingly enough, I mean, I don't know in some ways if we've come that far. We've just changed it. That's true. Well, and I think... Now, there's all sorts of discussion around, you know, companies put on their label that they're green or they're eco and people believe in it, even though that might not be really how you and I would define being good to the earth. Or there's a quote unquote pink tax where 
if you say it's for a woman, <laughs> you can actually charge more somehow. And <laughs> yeah, and it happens all the time, like razors and dry cleaning and all sorts of things. And so now we're becoming aware of those practices. But for a long time, we as a society weren't necessarily aware of those things. And so they went on and on until somebody kind of raises their hand and says, hey, wait, a, what about this? <laughs> How does this make sense? But I think the the question for any organization is, do you really know your customers? And do you really know how they're living their lives today, not just what you thought they did 10 years ago or what they believed in six months ago? I mean, that could change. So it's a matter of being so in tune with your customers that you're not going to make a promise that sounds absurd in a year or two. Or 10. You know, uh, some of the companies, I forgot which one, uh, Good to the Last Drop, right? Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's from 100 years ago. That, that which brand, is pretty cool. I mean, we grew up with it. Everybody's grown up with yeah. it. They've kept that. It's interesting. And, but that is a wholesome, I don't want to say generic, but sort mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, it wasn't based on anything that would really change. It's just, hey, our product is good. Right. And it's a, it's been a great brand identity or, you know, brand message for them. But one of the things I think is when you look at a year or five years or 10 years is making sure that you're on top of what the trends are and mm -hmm. making sure that you're not cashing in on the quick buck when you know this is changing. Right. Well, and I think that all comes back to what is the promise you're making and what is your actual mission? And that's why companies like it's Maxwell House that has good to the last drop. They they know what they're trying to do. They're trying to sell really good coffee and all that good stuff. Just like Nike, their mission is to make everybody an athlete. And that's why Just Do It lasted so long. And people still say it, even though they, they don't blatantly use that anymore. But it's so ingrained in the DNA of their brand and the experience that they're offering that that's when it works. And I think that's what's missing from a lot of these short-term, uh, you know, flash-in-the-pan things of advertising like uh what's the one that we saw that was that i loved so much about the women woman in the kitchen and the guy comes home and says honey at least you didn't burn the beer and it was an advertisement for the beer oh, <laughs> it's gosh. like that's lovely and that was not <laughs> not at all the worst one we saw <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't we're we're a family-friendly show <laughs> <laughs> yes for sure and you know it's I think it's ironic because it really does come back to a very distinctive customer service and customer experience concept, which is being relational and versus being transactional. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if you are, I mean, a lot of these companies know that what they're doing is not great. Now, sometimes they don't. Sometimes science catches up. Right. But, you know, sometimes they are dumping the chemicals in the river. Yep. You know, and yep. in those cases, they usually don't care about their brand, but still, <laughs> uh, you know, so I think it, it does come back to uh, relational versus transactional. And mm -hmm. when you talk about a long-term brand, a long-term brand is by definition relational. Right. That's very true. And I think they are really trying to continually understand their customers because we've talked about the brands that have gone away in our lifetime because they just kind of stopped realizing how people were living their lives and they thought that their experience today could be the same that it was 10 years ago. And that's not true either. So you really have to understand what experience you want to deliver, understand who your customers are, and understand their real lives today. 
That's true. And I will say I'm not endorsing drugs in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> but I really wish I had been around, or I, I wish times had uh, converged so that we could have applied the NPS question to uh, cocaine toothache drops. <laughs> <laughs> How likely are you to recommend cocaine toothache drops uh, to a friend or family member? <laughs> oh, my goodness. NPS, 9.999. Can, can you imagine the verbatims? <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> this is the best thing ever. <laughs> well, we missed a golden opportunity there. We did indeed. Well, that's okay. We, I'm okay being around in 2016 rather than 1916 myself. So, <laughs> Yes, I agree. And we are, just to let everybody know, since you brought it up, we are a green podcast, um, <laughs> by which I mean we don't fax anything. And That's true. We uh, don't. Good we, for us. We do this all remotely. I don't fly to Chicago. You don't fly to Orlando. So, I mean, that's big. I think we can, take, we can take credit for that. That's, We're that, paper that, free. That, that's how you do, uh, <laughs> that's how you are, you know, how a lot of companies are green. They just take credit for what they're already doing to save money. Oh, good. Okay, so See, we're we, doing that. Yeah, so we don't tell you know we don't fly back and forth, so we're very green. We don't we don't print anything, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, do you? Pretty, you're old school. I print when I revise things. I need to print. Oh. but I don't. Oh, really? I don't print for this because we don't need too much. Yeah, but yeah, when yeah. I when I write, I actually uh, print out to revise. Red ink too. Got to have a red pen. Wow, you are super old school. I am old school. So I, I, I ca it's amazing. I catch stuff that I would never catch on screen. It is, I'm yeah. like, it's, it's unbelievable. Hmm. So, Interesting. but here's the one thing I don't do. What's that? I don't burn the beer. <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs> See, it, it should be reversed. <laughs> no, this is, this is 2016. It's flipped. <laughs> Uh, well, a hundred episodes, it's been really, really fun and I can't wait to tackle all the topics we have coming up and I can't wait to talk to all the guests that we have in our next hundred episodes. It's, it's really amazing when you think about all the things we've covered, all the great listeners who have given us feedback. We appreciate that so much. All our fantastic sponsors. We've really, we've had a, a good run so far and I look forward to the next hundred. So do I. So until then, we hope you enjoyed episode 100 of Crack the Customer Code. Thank you for listening, especially if you've been with us since episode one, then you deserve some sort of medal. <laughs> I'm Adam Tabork, and you can find me at customersatstick.com. And I'm Jeannie Walters, and we can't wait to hang out with you for another 100 episodes. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes. Subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. Don't forget to connect with me at 360connects.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.